Welcome, and for a lot of you, welcome back to week three of The Good Life. And I'm going to kick things off by doing a quick review. If you missed over the last couple of weeks, this may help catch you up to speed pretty quickly. But if you want the full picture, I encourage you to go catch up on our website or on our app. What we discovered about the good life so far is a quick review. It's something very counterintuitive. We have discovered that the good life is really about a life of generosity. It's not really what we think a good life is all about often. We think often it's about what I get, what I receive, what I am given, what maybe even I can take or what I'm owed or what my rights are or you know, what's coming to me. No, 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 no. What we discovered in week one is that it's really about a life of generosity because God is generous. God is more generous than we could possibly imagine. And Jesus came to illustrate to us, to the world, just how generous God is. And we follow Jesus. Or might I say, we should be following Jesus. And for a lot of us, we call ourselves followers of Jesus. And so Jesus, if we follow him, we have to understand he came to illustrate just how generous God is, which means we are to live lives of generosity. And that is a good life. Last week, we saw the motivation behind what drives this life of generosity is gratefulness, gratitude. When we realize that God has given us everything we have, all I have is all that God has given me. God is the source of all of it. And the natural response is, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, God. I'm just for everything. And then that makes me be generous. That makes me want to be generous and follow Jesus's example in response to all that God has given. And today, what we're going to do is add a third element, a third layer to this life that we call the good life. Generosity, grateful generosity. And today we will discover that it's a life of grateful generosity actually in worship to God. It's about worship. Now, immediately, some of you are th saying, thanks for giving me a heads up on what we're going to talk about today. I really don't know why I need to know that. Uh, why should I care? Um, I got a lot going on. I mean, it's just really stressful right now. And I just realized that Thanksgiving is on Thursday. And so now I'm just really, you know, out of sorts and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I, I understand. But let me tell you why I think this is important. You know this, what I'm getting ready to say, you know this. I'm just kind of bringing it back up so we remember. We live in a consumer-driven culture, don't we? A consumer-driven society. We live in a consumer-driven world. And often, us Americans, we can, you know, we, we can be the worst at it sometimes because we've been, I mean, it's just the way that our lives work and living in a first world country and, and nothing to feel guilty of. It's just to acknowledge we are consumers. We even have like whole magazines and websites dedicated that talk about how we consume things. Consumer reports, by the way, if you thought about that. Oh yeah, that's what that was. Yeah. And here's what you may not know, but we need to you know, admit, and when I say we, I really do mean me too, okay? This is not just about y'all. This is about me. I'm right here with you. Christians are consumers too. You would think, right? You would think that since consumerism can be self, selfish, you know, self-driven, that the way it would be is there's this big, bad, consumer-driven world out there, and then there's all the Christians that, that you don't struggle with that. <laughs> no, no. We're sucked right into it. 
Yeah, Christians are consumers too. In a lot of ways, we don't even realize. And here's what it looks like, okay? For me, for you, for all of us. We look at life, we look at life, and whether we say it or not, or, or explain it this way or not, here, here's what we want to know. What can I get out of it? Because we're human. I'm a human, you're a human being, we're all humans, and as human beings, this is what we want to know. What can I get out? What can I get out of this? Every, just about everything in life we're looking at, what can I get out of this? You know, what is this going to bring me? You know, what, what am I going to be experiencing as a result of this? And then, because we're Christians, we spiritualize it, and we say, how can God help me get the most out of life? Now, we may not think that's what we're doing, but yeah, if we're not careful, that's what we're doing it. So God, before I die, how can you? And, and we, have, we have words for it. See if you've heard this word before. Blessings. Blessings. God, how can I get God to bless me? How can I get God? I want to, no, no, time out just for a second. There's nothing wrong with blessings. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be blessed. And God promised to bless us. But have you ever thought about why it is you want to be blessed? Why? Because if you're like me, if you're like all of us, we want to get the most that we can out of the experience. This one and only trip we have around the globe, this one and only life that we have, yeah, one, one time. We want God to bless us and God has promised to bless us. And we talk about God's goodness and here's the deal. God is so good. He is good. He's gooder than you know. And he's so good. You can use incorrect grammar and still not touch how good God is. He is so good. But if you're not careful, you will bring to God an approach that treats him kind of like a genie and a lamp. Oh God, God, I want you to bless it. God bless, bless, bless. And we have an idea of what we mean by that, right? It's not general. We actually have pictures in our mind, right? And we may be thinking about a car, or we're thinking about a house, or we're thinking about a business, or we're thinking about, you know, what we want, you know, what we, what we need and all this. Yeah. Hmm. What can I get out of it? Now, what's interesting is that we don't just live life that way. We, we come to church that way too. Yeah. People actually come to church with a what can I get out of it mentality. And here's how I know that. Listen, it, it was a surprise to me too. But here's how I know. Because it's what we say. Here's what we say. People come to me after the service and they're like, man, I got a lot out of that. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're very kind. You see, it's even into our, it's even into our, our vocabulary and how we describe. I, yeah, I get, I love, I love the summit because when I go, I get so much out of it. Wait a second. We go to worship God. Worship. And we describe our experience by what we get, what we get out of it. Worship God. You tracking with me here? And, and we describe worshiping God by what we receive. And we come to church and we, we talk about, I want to receive a blessing. I want to receive it. And listen, it's great to receive a blessing, but did you know that church doesn't exist so that you receive a blessing? Do you know why church exists? Because there's a mission to accomplish. That's why the church was created, is to accomplish the mission of Jesus on planet Earth until he returns and sets up his kingdom. That's why the local church exists. Now, in participating with that, are we blessed in that experience? Absolutely. But let's get first things first here. This is not about me. This is not about you. This is not about what I get out of it and what you get out of it and what we get out of it. It's not about us receiving a blessing. This, first and foremost, is about God and his mission, and we worship 
him. We say, I come to worship God. I'm here to worship God. And when I and when we and when people don't get out of it what they want, what they expect, what they like, or what they've convinced themselves they need, what do they do? I'm going to another church because I don't get nothing out of this no more. You're going somewhere where you can get, oh, what have we done? Or some people just stop going to church altogether. And some people take it so far, sadly, as to abandon faith. What have we done? What have we done? See, this really is something we need. When we talk about why we are here, unintentionally, I think we've made worship about us. As if worshiping God is really about us and not the one we worship. It's subtle. It's subtle. It'll happen. It'll happen before you know it. And you'll show up based upon what you feel, what you get, what you want. Instead of, we're here to worship you. Period. As we'll talk about in a minute, it's so much bigger than just attending church. But I want to challenge you to abandon a what can I get out of it mentality and embrace Hey, what can I bring to it? What can I bring? Because after all, after all, we're here to worship God. We're not here to worship you. And you're not here to worship me. So what I get out of it and what you get out of it is inconsequential. A bonus at best. We are here to worship. We live our lives out of worship to God. Let me bottom line it like this for our purposes today. Generosity and worship, bringing something, giving something, giving of ourselves, giving of our lives, a life of grateful generosity and worship are connected. You cannot disconnect them. Not if you're going to truly be at this thing the right way. They're connected. You can see worship is about giving of oneself, offering of oneself, giving of something of value, offering of something that means something to you. And it's always been that way. Always been that way. Go back to even, think of other religions and pagan culture. Go back in history, right? We know this. We know this. Human beings, we know whatever it is, whatever it is people worship, it's natural for them to bring something to the gods when they come to worship the gods, right? When they come to ask something from the gods. Jesus just don't show up all willy-nilly and say, hey, I want, I need. No, you bring something and fire and, you know, all this stuff. You know, we, we think about all that kind of stuff, you know, in the history, you know, we bring. And even when it's gone off the rails and been heinous, awful, gross kind of stuff, you, you know, people, uh, human beings, we know you don't come to the divine. You don't come to the deity. You don't come to the gods without offering something. Hmm. And that's pagan culture even gets that. Now, so those of us who follow the one and true God, we believe because Jesus came to illustrate to us who God really is. We should really understand this. Even in the Old Testament, the law of Moses taught the sacrificial system. That's what was behind that. I mean, the sacrificial system ultimately pointed to Jesus, who was the once and final all sacrifice for all time, for all people, but it taught us a principle is that when you come to worship God, you bring something you bring of your life. When you can't say you worship God and you're not bringing something of yourself. Different, different, right? Different, right? Different. We say we have come to church to worship God. And our focus is what we get out of it. What have we done? 
The Old Testament taught us that no, 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 it, it's about bringing. It's about bringing. And even the wise men, the wise men, it's just, okay, Christmas, right? You got the wise men. They come to, you know, worship the Christ child, baby Jesus. It was about two years later, actually, and it, it wasn't in Bethlehem. So go home where your nativity scene is and push the wise men way over, put them on a different table. You just want to be right? You just want to be correct. I'm just kidding. You have to do that. But yeah, it was about two years later. But when they came to worship Jesus, what, what did they do? What did they do naturally, right? They brought gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Why? Because they were coming to worship and honor not just a king, but the king of kings. And it's normal and natural when you come to worship what? To bring. The whole idea of coming to worship for what you get? You know, kid, I know you're only two years old, but what you going to do for me? Right? Oh, it's just crazy, right? We laugh at that. It's absurd, except we live that way in our modern culture. In fact, I can say that worship is the ultimate motivator, the ultimate motivator for why we should be generous. Let me just put it up here real quick. A lot of times we're generous because we want to meet a need, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's good. We should meet needs. We see needs around the world. Be generous, meet a need. Great. But there's a higher level, which is better than just meeting a need, and that's when you're great, grateful, right? Regardless of what the need is, I'm grateful. And I am generous because God has given so much to me already. We talked about this last week. We are, everything you have is everything that God has given you. Everything you have is all from God. Nothing that you have ultimately has come from you or anyone else, him. But the best is when we say, regardless of how gratitude fills me or not, regardless of whether or not I realize how grateful I am or should be, and regardless of whether or not there's an immediate need, I give and I live a life of generous, generosity and I become a generous person because, and just because, God is God alone. See, we've drifted from that. We got to get back to that. So, yeah, there's needs need to be met. And yes, I'm grateful. But you know what? Thanks isn't enough. Thanks isn't enough. This is about worship. It's what Paul said, really, when he wrote to the Christians in the first century. And this applies to us as well. He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, talk about us, Christians, church people, in view of God's mercy, which means in light of all that God has done for you, in view of God's mercy, on your life in view of God's goodness and God's blessings and all of the things that God has done for us. Would you think about that as we all should think? I want you to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Your bodies. Your bodies means everything you do in your body. Everything that is done in our physical bodies, which is everything we do and everything we are, is done in a physical body. So it's basically a way of saying with your life, with your entire life, live your lives, offer your lives as a living sacrifice. And this is your true and proper worship. This it's what it means to worship, which means if you come to church or join us online every Thursday or every Sunday and never miss a week 
and you don't live your life, a life of worship, offering every part of your life to honor God, then you can't honestly say you worship God. Now, you may attend a worship service, but if you're going to truly and properly worship God, this is what it looks like right here. Not my words. Words of Paul. Who, who got this right from Jesus himself. And, and, and here's the deal. When it comes to offering your lives, your bodies, you don't pick and choose. You don't really like, okay, this is great. I'll give this to God, I'll give this to God, I'll give this to God, and I'm going to hold this back for me. But look at all this stuff I'm giving to God. And you, no, no, it's, it's holistic. It's everything, everything. That is what worship is. That is what worship is. Let me say it like this. You can't truly worship God without giving of yourself. No matter how many church services you attend, you cannot truly worship God without giving of yourself. And, and to be honest, <laughs> giving of yourself really happens between the times you leave here and the time you show back up here at church. That's where worship really goes down. Yes, it involves the music and all this kind of stuff and stuff we've gathered here to worship together as we should, as we have been commanded to do, which is great and has a wonderful benefit to it. And we learn so much and it brings us together and there's so much about the mission here. But then the mission is lived out, out there. So many people try to worship God only for what they get out of God and they bring nothing to God. That is completely and utterly illogical. You can't honestly say you worship God. If you're not offering, bringing, giving to him and his cause and his mission with your life. We still friends? I hope so. So what are you doing here? What are you, what are you doing why are you here? Why, 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 why do you do this, really? I mean, it's layered. I get it. It's layered. We learn. Yes, great. We, we do receive a blessing. Yeah, great. It, it is. There's nothing, I'm not, nothing wrong with that. We do grow. It does help. It is encouraging. I, I get it. I get it. But those are all benefits. The real reason why we should be here is not for me. It's not for you. It's not for us, but it's for an audience of one. We live for him, and that is what worship is. So to say I worship God, I don't serve anybody. I don't volunteer, and I don't serve anybody because I got, man, my time is precious. My time is precious, and my energy got limited energy. I'm a busy person. I get it. I get it. Then do you really worship? Really? Because Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve others. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to live your life, follow my example. Live your life as I have lived. I want you to love as I've loved you. But you say, you say you worship, but you don't serve. Do you really worship? You say you worship. I say I worship. We say we worship, but we don't give. We don't, we don't honor God financially. We, we, you know, oh yeah, I'll get around to that. Or you know, I just, I wish I could and I want to. God knows my heart, but I can't. And I just won't. And so, what, did you really worship? Are you really worshiping? See, you don't come to the king. You don't come to a king just for what you get from the king. You come to the king. You offer, oh king, 
here I am. I humbly ask. I humbly need, but only in response. And some of you are like, oh, no, I offer. I come to church and I offer my praise and I offer my, I sing and, and, I, and that's great. We're so glad you do and you should and that's awesome and I enjoy the music and everything. But listen, gang, that's a small part of what it means to worship. Let me ask it like this. What do you value most? What do you value most? Because whatever it is you value most is what you should be bringing to the king in worship. Well, if you're like most of us, you value your time and your energy and your money. And aside from people, right? Aside from, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about stuff. I'm talking about non-relationship things, okay? Time, energy, and money. The, the things we have, commodities, right? Time, energy, and money. The most precious thing to us. And you know what you care most about and what's most valuable to you by what you get the most upset about not having enough of. Time, Right? You don't waste my time. You don't waste my time. The lady in front of me had coupons and I did not have time for that. Right? And just, oh, right? There's a line. There was a line. There was traffic. You live in the triad. You don't know what traffic is. I'm just telling you, we don't know what traffic is. We live in the triad. Right? Go to Charlotte. Go to Atlanta. If you ever make it back, you'll realize <laughs> we don't have traffic. Okay, but see, you don't waste my time. Don't waste my energy. Don't waste my energy. I ain't got time for this, and you just weird me. And oh no, 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 no. And money, right? That's a waste of my money. It's a waste of my money. It's a waste of my money. We saw this. Everything's from God. None of it is ours to begin with. We are recipients of everything. In an absolute sense, God owns absolutely everything. In an absolute sense, you and I own absolutely nothing. We are stewards of everything. But what we, we value most is our time and energy and money. So that, my friends, is what we bring to the king. Our time, which is really his time. And our energy, which is really his energy that he's loaned us. And our money, which really isn't our money. It's his money. And so we offer and worship. See, in this a radically different view of worship, it shouldn't be radical. It's the way it's always been. But in our first world consumer-driven culture, we've lost this and we've made it about ourselves and what we like and what we want and does that meet my needs and am I getting what I want out of it? And oh my goodness, my, my friends, my brothers and sisters, this is about worship. This is about worship. It's always been. And, and, and when it comes to the things like the tithe. Do you know that's what the tithe was about? The giving of the first tenth, the principle of the first fruits. And we've talked about that in the last couple of weeks in this series of generosity. The whole purpose was that was to train people's hearts to live a life of generosity to the king, to train our hearts because he knows, God knows, just, in, just we're selfish people by nature. We have to be trained in our hearts to live a life that acknowledges that everything that comes, everything comes from him and out of worship we offer to him. And for those of you Bible scholars, you're like, well, that's just in the Old Testament. Oh, you haven't read the New Testament, have you? You haven't read it. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, Jesus says, and I quote, you should tithe, yes. You should tithe, yes. Jesus said, but he went on. But also don't neglect even more important things. And he described a life of worship a life of justice, a life of mercy, a life of worship. It's not just about giving, but you can't say you live a life of worship if you don't give. And you can't say you live a life of worship if you don't serve. Those are not my words. That is what Jesus taught us. 
interesting. Here's another thing that I think we often need to clarify. King Solomon, back in the Old Testament scriptures, again, this is all throughout. This, this thing is all throughout the scriptures. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits, that's the tithe, the 10%, the, that, the first fruits, not the last fruits, not wait and see if you have anything left over, but the first fruits, right? But the first fruits of all your crops, and he talks about crops here because it was a farming culture and that was the economy and you paid with crops and you were paid by crops and all that kind of stuff. That was the economy and the exchange. So bring the first fruits. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. He's describing the good life in ancient Israel. This is what the good life looked like. You were living a good life if your barns were filled to overflowing and your vats were brimming over with new wine. You're going, I didn't even know I needed a vat. I got to get me a vat. I want some brimming vats, right? Bring on the new wine, right? Interesting. But he said, that, here's the good life. Now, now, notice the order. The order is honor, then you experience this. We do the opposite. We go, God bless me. God, I need. God, I want. God, I got to have. God, and then God, when you do, when you do, then I will honor you. And we've flipped it. Now, this begins with honor. It begins with worship because you are God, Period. Because you are who you are, period. Then I bring to you, and then God did promise that we would begin to experience what he calls the good life, which is so much bigger than barns and vats, but certainly includes. We've gotten it out of order. Here's what we do. I can't wait to get back. I can't wait. Preacher, pastor, I'll tell you what, man, I can't wait. Sometimes I just sit around and I think about it. one of these days when, when, we, when I have enough, when I, when I have enough and, and, and when I get to a certain point and, when I, you know, and we get this taken care of and we got this paid off and we, got, you know, we get this and we get that and we got them moved on and got them married off and we do this and we got this investment and that comes through and then she dies and I get what's hers and, and all this kind of stuff. And once everything kind of comes around the way I want, I can't wait. I just dream of the day. I dream of the day. Oh, I get so giddy thinking about one day. When I can't wait. I can't wait to get back. Interesting. People who live with that mentality, and not you, not you, but those people that live with that mentality, typically never really give back because they never really ever have enough or enough left over. Right? Well, I can't remember one day, one day, when I'm retarded. But then you'll be tarred. Yeah. Hmm. Generosity is about worship. And the whole principle was to train our hearts in such a way that we're not waiting. We're not waiting. Till we have enough or we get enough to give back. We're acknowledging. We're acknowledging who God is and we begin. We begin with a life of generosity. Let me remind you. We just read it. Let me remind you one more time what Paul said. In view of God's mercy, this is why you do this. 
which means in view of what you already have. If you're thinking, I can't wait to give back, wait a second, time out. You already have more than you realize. You already have been blessed more just in view of God's mercy. So it's not about waiting for God to give me enough or bless me enough or get me to a place where one day, no. It's about realizing I'm already a recipient of more. Hmm. So rather than, I can't wait to give back, it's, what can I give now? Because I'm here to worship. And not just coming to church. What can I give now on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays? We're talking about a life of worship. Because of who God is. And because of what he has done. Worship without giving of yourself makes no sense. It is illogical. So stop saying you're worshiping God if you don't offer your life and every part of it. And God help me to not say I worship God unless I do the same. Because worship and generosity are connected. So, you're like, okay, man, whew, what do I do with that? Well, you start somewhere, right? You start somewhere. That, that's the grace and the mercy and the love and the kindness of God. He, he always starts with us where we are and then helps us go to the next level. So start somewhere, right? If, if you've been saying you're worshiping and you've really just attending a worship service where singing happens, and we call that worship, right? And, and if you find yourself evaluating this experience on your way home with what you got out of it, if you find yourself, then it's time to reframe what a life of generosity really is all about. Out of gratefulness, it's about worship. And you can start somewhere. If you, if you don't serve, you need to serve as a part of your worship. Not the whole thing, but as a part of it. You don't volunteer, it's time to volunteer. What are you doing? What, what are we doing? We're showing up to receive and to get and receive and to get and receive and to get. Come on, we, we, listen, if you're here for the first time and if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is not for you. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, come on, gang. This is reality. Well, yeah, yeah I serve. I serve. I did. I served back in that um, big serve. I, I, I did. And that, boy, that was great. Okay, so you're done now? You're done with your worship? You checked that box? Now you're good? You're good? Now, see, it's a life thing. Okay, and so if, if, if start somewhere. And, and with giving, start, start somewhere. If you give nothing, give something. If you give something, give regularly. Work your way to the tithe. You say, no, I'll just do the serving part. I'll just do the serving part. That's what I'll do. I'll do the serving part because money. Wait, wait, wait a second. You don't get to pick and choose. I don't get to pick and choose. It's all of our lives that we offer as a living sacrifice. And that is what it looks like to truly and properly worship. So start somewhere. I mean, do, do we really honestly think that we worship without bringing something, offering ourselves to the king? Because when we do, then we are set up to live and experience the good life. You see, some of you are scratching your heads. You're like, I thought this was a series about the good life about what I'm going to get and what's coming to me and how God wants to bless me. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all a part of it. But that's, a, that's the kickback, right? That's not the focal point. It's not the focal point. The focal point is we're here to worship. 
We exist. And when I mean here, I don't mean here at church. I mean here on planet Earth. Because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be here anyway. And so we take this life that is a gift from God and we look at it and say, what can I get out of it? Oh, how far we've drifted. What if we take this life and we say, now, what can I bring you, King? Oh, King, what can I bring you? In view of God's mercy, it just makes sense. And here's the kicker. I love this. Here, here's the beauty. Is that when we live that way, then when I serve and when I give and when I sacrifice and all those kinds of things, I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for us. Ultimately, I'm doing it for the king. Ultimately, this is about worship. When I serve, I may meet a physical need for somebody else, but this is, this is, this is worship. When I give, yeah, it may go to, to, to meet a, a monetary need somewhere in the world and ministry and all that kind of stuff, but ultimately, this is worship. This is worship. This whole thing is worship. Yes, when I sing, oh, I may love the song, and, or I may not like the song, or it may be a new song to me or an old song. It doesn't matter. It's not about the song, and it ain't about just me. This is about worship. This whole thing. This whole life is about him. And the sooner I get that, and the sooner you get that, and the sooner we get this together, the good life becomes more of a reality. Grateful generosity and worship to God. Let's pray. Our Father, forgive us forgive me for sizing up life in terms of what I can get out of it, for turning worship and church into what I can get out of it. Help me to remember, help us to remember that we're here, not just at church, but on this planet because of you, through you, and ultimately for you. We worship you. And it just makes sense that we live a life of generosity. Forgive us for trying to compartmentalize saying we worship you with an hour on Sunday or saying we worship you because of this and that and then compartmentalizing parts of our lives for ourselves only thinking you understand and thinking you know our hearts. And, but Father, because you know our hearts, you know what we're up to. You know what's really going on in there. So may we just stop all the pretending and all the pretense and all the maneuvering and just present our bodies, our lives, as living sacrifices so that we can truly and properly worship you. And that is when we begin to experience the good life. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.